<laughs> I'll get there. 132 episodes later, we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the Pinnacle Go Podcast, episode 132. I'm Brando. I'm here with Brian. And we're going to conclude the No List Dark with a catch-all episode. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. Back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're going to preview a new arc. We're going to conclude our current arc, which had no lists. We have lots of stuff to talk about, lots of subject in the magic world that we're going to address today. But before we get to any of that, we have to thank our official official sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. I did my orders from them. I got them from them. And... I've been updating decks for MF in Vegas. Oh, dude, I've been doing that too. And I've, I've been trying to upkeep uh, CCO Brando on tappedout.net oh, in, yeah. case, in case anybody likes to see what I'm up to. And I haven't updated anything in weeks because I've been waiting for these damned orders to come in. And I don't have any time to actually update the list on tappedout. So I just have a bunch of pictures on my phone with the cards that are out, with the cards <laughs> yeah. that are in. And I'm just... Like seven decks need to be uploaded. Oh, One of them have been dismantled completely and rebuilt. And oh my god, it's hard, man. It's hard when you got like multiple decks. It's hard to keep them all up to date. You know what? When I'm doing like, you know, Tapto gives you like that goldfish option where you can like play test. Yeah. Um, if I'm doing that with a deck, I'll update it. But it's like, uh, I'm just not gonna. You know what I mean? <laughs> other than other than like my two like tuned decks animar i'll do because it helps me like pay attention to how much i'm painting in it right and zada i'll do because i play test that one to like keep up my practice with it you know so you can still actually physically do it when you yeah there's lots of physical card manipulation drawing and shuffling and stuff with it yeah although you don't have to do that when you're goldfishing on the internet i guess which is one of the benefits of- yeah i suppose I, yeah <laughs> but it does save you time when you're but you know the decisions are what takes all the time it's not necessarily the physical manipulation this isn't uh, omnath or windgrave y- you know what physical manipulation of cards is something i think we've talked about it before that people yeah. do need to practice they sure do that is a thing like even okay let's say it's I'm not going to say it's commonplace, but it's not uncommon for you to draw 10 in Commander, right? Definitely not. So, or like, okay, Forced Fruition. That got played against me yesterday. I was playing against uh, a Nekasar deck. Sure. And that got played against me. So you 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 cast a spell, you draw 7. That's It's a mill card kind of, right? Yeah. Nekasar kills you card. And I cast 2 or 3 spells after it was cast. And it's like, cast your spell cast your spell, cast your spell, then pick your deck up and just go 14 cards and then turn them all over at the same time, right? That's so much faster than one, two, three, drawing cards one at a time. And put them in in your hand in the order that you like them, arranged by color. Yeah, no, it's just like pick your deck up, draw 21, like bang, count them out. So like when you count out your hand as seven, there's your hand. Yeah. Right? Um, That's just a thing. Things that are fast. Yeah, and you know what? When you test on online and you have to draw tannins out, it's just like click, 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 click. There's my hand. Yeah. yeah. I wish life was like that. No, I don't. I like the the dexterity part of it. Oh, I was thinking of like the rest of your life. Like, oh, man, what if I could just like click and I drive to work? <laughs> I work at home. Uh, <laughs> what, if, what if you could just click and like all your grocery shopping's done? Click, oh, all your laundry's done. Oh, God, I hate doing... I've been talking about this all week, how much I hate doing laundry. Oh, yeah, just go naked. Like, we actually had a conversation in the hallway, and this involved, like, a half dozen people around the office, including people who pay my salary, about <laughs> how far would I go to not do laundry? Did they say that you could come to work naked? And they were like, would you let a snake bite your, bite your wiener? And I was like, "Oh, how big's the snake? Because I really, really hate laundry, dude. I hate it. Like oh, man, I don't like a snake? I, was, I thought about it a lot. Like, what, is it is it a poisonous one? It, it wasn't a poisonous snake. Is it just a bigger wiener than you? And they're using snake as an analogy. I think we had it down to like a bigger garter snake, like a big garter snake. Do you know how sharp their teeth are? All you snakes' been... teeth are, are are sharp. I suppose that's the yeah. point. But yeah, it yeah. couldn't be like an anaconda or something that has actual teeth. So it had to be like a snake with just like the regular snake teeth that wasn't like giant or poisonous. So. We figured, like, big size garter snake, would you let it bite your wiener if you never, ever, ever had to do laundry again? And I was like, I might. That would hurt so bad. 
but only for a little Having while. Having anything bite it would hurt. But only for a while. And then that pain goes away. And then I never have to do laundry again in my life. In my life, Ryan. Yeah. I never have to fold another shirt. I never have to roll another goddamn sock. I'm putting a little fucking ball and pile it in my drawer. No. Some robot or or magic thing will come and do them for me. And that doesn't mean Kyla has to do it. It means that some <laughs> mystical force will make sure that my clothes are clean. And it is in me. And I am, you know what? I think I would do it. You know what we have to do? What's we just, just got to like buy lotto tickets. We just pay somebody to do laundry. Yeah, Lotto Max this week is uh, 55 mil. Wow. Or fit 60 million. Dude, it's getting up there. It's lots. I mean, that's fine, right? That's like medium. Yes, yeah, totally. That, that'd buy what? It's like no a, Powerball. That'd be what? A legacy deck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, foiling out my, <laughs> foiling out my uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We say sixty million, and and like Powerballers in the land of the free are like, oh yeah, our lotteries are like three hundred and seventy million. Yeah, we don't pay tax on lottery winnings here. Eat it. Ha ha. Yeah. yeah. We, we get to keep all of ours. Yeah, that's right. Actually, and if we win lottery down in the States, we still don't have to pay taxes oh, on it. Oh, so sick. So that's can- why, yeah, Canadians always buy lotto tickets when they go to the States. Yeah, so if a Canadian ever wins the Powerball, they just, like... They have different rules on, on payout, though. So, like, yeah. you take it all at once, and, and you still, like, if you win $300 million, you take it all at once, you might only get, like, 14 Yeah. But we wouldn't pay tax on that 14 I'd probably just take it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's still enough that I can buy a monkey to drive me around in my new car. No, 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 no. a monkey would do your laundry. No, you'd have, yeah, 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 two yeah, monkeys. I'd have two monkeys. Two monkeys. Would, yeah, two I'd probably have a monkey for all the stuff I didn't want to do. And like a bodyguard? Yes. He'd have nunchucks, little monkey nunchucks? Oh, shit. It'd be the best. We're not a laundry or a monkey or a, a, a lotto winnings podcast, though. You know, this is the catch-all episode, though, so we could catch anything we wanted. Oh, still CCO, you <laughs> catch-all cook-out <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Got there. We did it. We do have some magic-related stuff to talk about. I guess. And we do have some giveaway winners to announce. Middle of the episode, so they have to listen to it all. Hell yeah. Bastards. We're the best. That's what people are saying about us. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we have to listen to their crappy show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's do. Let's move to some patron shout-outs. Sure. Okay. Each week, funny nicknames to our new patrons. If you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash Podcast. Big thank you to all the new patrons. The first one, Jake. Bianic. We Brando's giving me the blank stare because I didn't tell him this name before we started. Jake Bianic. Jack Bannock? Jack Bannock. Back Bannock. Back bacon. Whatever works for you, Jake. I like back bacon actually. I like back bacon. Yeah. Jake back bacon. Yeah. I like that. It's got All a right. nice ring to it. Who's next? Another Jake, sort of. Jacob. Okay. Jacob Cantonin. Cantonin. I'm saying that. As it's spelt, I'm sure that's 100% correct. Jacob can't own him? Can't own him. So if we won the lottery, we couldn't buy him. Or I, maybe if we play him in magic, we can't just totally blow him out. Maybe he's good. Yeah, maybe he's super good at magic. We don't know. Yeah, he's probably not. Yeah, he's, he's probably beating. He's listening to CCO. He's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Next shout out. This is another one I'm going to say 100% correctly. Sweet. Cosimo Sayotino. It's got to be correct, right? Yes. The 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 S C I reminds me of like scissors, cosmic scissors. I don't know. I like cosmic scissors. That's probably good. Yeah. I like a good cosmic scissor. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't Google, Google that. that. <laughs> cosmic scissor sisters. Ooh. That's got to be it. Yeah, that's it. Cosmic scissor sister. Thank you very much. I don't know why you would want a nickname, but thank yeah, you for pledging. People want these. Yeah. Next shout out, Nicholas Robinson. That's pretty normal. Probably saying it wrong. I just want to call him Nick Rob. Nick Rob. Nick Rob. I was going to make a Robin's Donuts joke. That's two first names if we call him Nick Rob. Then we can give him a last name. I'll give him a last name. Nick Rob Straczynski. Nick Rob Straczynski. I'm never going to remember that one, but welcome. He will. He'll remember it forever. Probably. Thanks for being with CCO. Last shout out of the day. (laughs) Owen McCusker. I feel like... Cusker, McCusker, there's something there. And his Patreon, Nick, or like you can set like your own name on Patreon when you pledge. Sure. Blowing my custard. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Is this good. the first time we're just going to let somebody pick their own nickname? No, no, because that's, that's a present. We, we pick the nicknames. Yeah, that's true. We are the president and, and king of CCO Nation. <laughs> but I think we should stay true to custard in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Owen. 
How about like okay, I got this. This is what, what when I read names in my head, I read them really fast. So it's like McCusker, McAllister, like Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, so I don't know. What What do you think? Kevin McAllister. There's probably like a paint can reference in there somewhere. Paint can full of custard. Yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. Owen paint can custard. Yeah. Yeah. Custard can. Wait, that's all right. There I don't go. mind that. There it is. <laughs> Nothing says thank you like an old dirty paint can out in the garage, hey? <laughs> yeah. so here you go. <laughs> that's what I'm giving you for Christmas. Uh, when you're walking down your stairs, I'm going to swing it over the edge. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, man. Oh, I can't Lord. wait for Christmas nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all the patrons, thank you very much. Everybody else who's being here with us, we appreciate everybody for listening. You make it all possible. You make it all worth it, and we thank you all. Where do we go from here? This is a catch-all episode. So I've got a bunch of notes, but you've got a story. Do we start with your story? Let's start with the story. I think you'll appreciate this because it's something that even we're just getting off of nicknames. So this will be a thing because everybody wants nicknames and we don't know why. Okay, so, give 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 me the story. So two weeks ago, when I'm at, I'm at EDH and M. Yeah. And I had just finished putting some new cards into a bunch of my decks. One of them being Nor and the Wary. This oh, this is a magic related. This story? This is a magic related story. Oh, I was expecting you to like, I don't know, say that you're coming out or something. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. So. I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, what deck should I play? Guy who's a fan of the show. I'm, I'm sorry. I've, your name has slipped my brain. I'm terrible with names. I'm, I apologize. He says, Brown, you got to come over here. I want to play a game with you. I want to play a game with you. This is great. So I go and I sit down, and it's him and me and uh, Life from the Loam Trade Hat guy. Oh, yeah. Whose name I also can't remember because I'm a bad person. And I'm trying to decide what to play. And buddy who listens to the show is like, hey, did you bring Norrin? And I'm like... Yeah, I did. Guess that's what I'm playing. He's like, you should play Noran. I've I've always been curious to see how that deck works. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I hope it doesn't shit the bed. There's a bunch of new cards in it. Like, what if it doesn't work? This guy's going to be really disappointed in me. He's going to think I'm totally bad. So I pull Noran out. And we're going. We shuffle it up or whatever. My opening hand is like six mountains and something that isn't very good. Okay. Volcanic Fallout. Okay. And I'm like, there's no way this is going to get any worse. I'll definitely just draw gas, and there we go. Oh, you kept a six lander? Wait for it. Okay. First draw is the one-drop artifact mill a thing. Uh, Altar of the Brood. Altar of the Brood. So it's Mountain Altar of the Brood. Sure, fine. Other guys playing Muldratha, and other dudes playing Ninjas. Okay. With that new ninja where, like, when she attacks, you reveal the top card of your library. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commander Ninjutsu Girl. Yep, solid good. Yeah. Very, everybody's playing really good stuff. So I start milling the graveyard guy, thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and every card that he's drawing is a way he can get things out of his yard, not things he wants in his yard. I'm like, this isn't this isn't so bad. Okay. And as the deck is going, like I've curved out perfectly, they've dropped all their dorks. Dorks and ninjas, and I'm sitting there with nothing, and I volcanic followed and kill them all. And they're like, oh, it's a fucking blowout. And then Aaron comes over. He's the shop owner of where we play. And he's sitting there watching. Turn four is like, or turn four, Ninja Guy reveals that Delve extra turn card. Oh, like, so everybody took like 11? Yeah, 13s us both. We're like, holy shit. So Graveyard Guy is like totally off of Graveyard stuff. He's starting to get his fetch lands back, though. Extra turn guy's blowing us out. So I go, oh, off the top. It's like, oh, I hope I get a stranglehold. And there it is. So I play Stranglehold. <laughs> so now this guy's extra turn card is useless. And searching his library to put it into his bin guy can't do anything anymore. So I've turned off both decks. And Aaron's like, did you sideboard for them before the game started? <laughs> yeah. And as the game is going, like, and then in the next turn was uh, Confusion in the Ranks. And I'm stealing everybody's stuff. And the Muldrotha guy's sitting there like, just kill me. I can't handle this. Just one. kill me. Just kill me I now. Life. And he play. What's the new elemental that gives you double enter the battlefield abilities? Um, Yarok from M20, right? Sounds good with a perf, doesn't it? Yeah. So I steal his fucking Yarok, <laughs> and now I'm pounding them to death with their own creature. And like every single draw was like the perfect thing to turn them off. Oh, man. And the guy who asked me to play Norrin is sitting there, and I hit him with the line, Ryan. The line. What's the line? You wanted this. You wanted this. You asked for this and you wanted it. And he was like, I feel so stupid. I've, I've made a mistake. And, oh, and it was like it was this it was the most savage blowout I've ever had in my entire life. 
And the one guy's like so sad because he didn't get so to play excellent. magic. And the other guy's so sad because this other guy's so sad because it's all his fault. <laughs> and it was just it was it was like the best story. And it's like to have one of those moments where it's like I didn't really feel like I was flexing on people, but when your deck just is perfect. It just is perfect. Yeah, it's like the cherry on top of a perfect Sunday. Yeah, it was yeah. so good, and it was just one of those moments where it was like so. Good. And then it's like, and and to have it be with a fan of the show who wanted it. That's like, so excellent. This is what I'm hoping will happen. I hope you totally blow me out, and we have to play magic for an hour where it's just you <laughs> stealing my shit oh, and man. blowing me out. You know, a couple morals of the story. Everybody, there was some dialogue before the game as to what everybody was playing. Yep, that's important. Yep, we did all the stuff. Yep, listeners of the show. Interacting at FNM or EDHM is what we call it. Yeah, we super appreciate that. It's a really good time. It makes me feel really good on the inside. You know what? I'm happy that that EDH night at FNM has taken off. How many players last night? Twenty. Yeah, there was tw- actually there was so many players for EDHM. There wasn't enough to do the draft, was there? There was eleven drafters. Okay, they yeah. did get enough to the draft. Yeah, there was eleven drafters, and the rest of all of the tables were EDH. So much so that I had to wait and played in the hall of the mall. I was yeah. out like where the drafters were. <laughs> so that's important to play and support your local game stores. Knowing thy deck. Yes. Right? Yeah, like knowing what you want in your deck or what to do or or. You know, knowing that we, I think we've talked about it before where it's Definitely. like uh, not, not so much even knowing your own deck, but seeing like, oh, a Muldrotha guy, he's going to probably try and recur permanence from his graveyard, yeah. right? It's like, oh, I guess if he's going to return, um, return lots of value creatures, like whatever, um, I'm going to want to kill them. So keeping, um, what did you say? Volcanic follow? Volcanic follow. Yeah. Not terrible. So you're right. I do appreciate that. Yeah, it was just a it was just a good thing. And when you have those moments where it's like, ah, oh, it works, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that's just a good feeling. That, that goes for anybody. Whenever you build a deck and you're not like struggling or trying to figure anything out, like the deck isn't playing itself. But it's like, oh, cool. Comes with time, I Ooh. think. Right? Like even if you even if you take a list, just like download a, a an established a deck that's very much on rails. And I'll just use my Animar deck as an example. It's scripted, it's on rails, whatever you want to call it. There's a very known list as to what's like really good in the deck. And you could down or you could download that and buy it and just play it. But you it might not out. be very good because you haven't figured it out. Just yesterday, I was playing at EDH and we were playing Plane Chase again. <laughs> and it was totally fun. I got a, I got a pretty good story about that too in a second, but I figured out a new interaction. I'm playing my lands deck. It's got 62 land in it. I cut a land from it, eh? Oh. <laughs> and I found an, ac- uh, an interaction between Glacial Chasm that prevents all damage to me and Cabal, I want to say Cabal Pit. Yeah. You tap it for a black and it deals one damage to you. Or if you have Threshold, you can sacrifice it to give a creature minus two, minus two. And I've never had that land and Glacial Chasm in play before. And it's just like better than a swamp. If that's the case. Yeah. So you have to play your deck a whole bunch of times to understand that it's like, oh, look at this interaction. Or this is how I deal with this. And I think that's important. Lots of players, you know, they'll build a deck. They'll play it once. They'll tweak it a whole bunch because they didn't like it. Right? And then they'll play it again. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's not for me. And then they'll take it apart. But you got to play a deck like a bunch of times. And I think the podcast has really helped me understand that more in depth and... That's why the barrier to building a new deck for me is so high because I don't want to build something that I know that I'm not going to like. I don't want to build something that I don't want to play 10, 15, 20 times before I decide to rip it apart. Like if you don't, if you build something or think about building something, you got to think to yourself, can I sit there for two and a half hours with this crap? The next five times I play Magic. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of playing for fucking 17 hours with one deck oh yeah this is this good thing i didn't wait for you it finally happened at edh and m this week actually we had so many people that i had never seen before i was actually asking new people it's like who are you like are you from out of town (laughs) i've never seen you before like i played mad like i i played with a guy i'd never met before the table over here was angel guy and i think three other guys i didn't know and then the pod next to us I don't think I knew any of them. And then <laughs> all great. the regular people that I did know were out playing with you. Yeah. And then uh, F.U. Joe showed up and just like hung out. It just railbirded for a while. But it, it happened in my pod. The 
the thing you never want to see at no prizes, no stakes, casual, I promise it will be fun 700% of the time, EDH night. I, I know what you're going to say, and I want to I stop you when you say it because I have to clear something up with a listener. So you, you go ahead. Somebody brought stacks. But but it wasn't stacks. What was it? What did he say it was? He said it was just a stall tactic. It was a group hug deck with stacks pieces in it. So he might have been slightly bending the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Over the last couple episodes, we've had a couple comments on our perceived negativity towards CEDH, competitive EDH. And I want to clear something up, and I and you probably do too. Sure. By proxy, you want to, I'm telling you. <laughs> Even though you just said yes. We don't dislike CEDH. Truth. We, li- we like engaging in um, good interactive games of Commander. Also truth. And that is um, indicative of CEDH. That's why we're here, yeah. Yep. We like, I'm going to say competitive play, and that could be competitive magic because lots of our friends engage in competitive magic that could be um you and i are competitive people and we both want to win yeah even if we're playing jank piles of garbage yeah we still want to beat the other guy competitive magic exists regardless of the power level of deck you are playing i agree that's a good way to put it that's right and we've had some we've had some comments on Twitter, and there was a Reddit thread that we were mentioned in that Fu Smitty like linked to me, and, and <laughs> I was listening to this episode of CCO, and I just have to clear something up. Okay, so that's great that people are talking about CCO, and I love it. Any pub- publicity is good pub- publicity. Yeah, thanks for uh, mentioning us. Take, thanks for taking the name out there. Also, Fu. Yeah, Fu for talking shit about us. Yeah, no, I. But here's the thing, I love EDH. And as a result, I love CEDH. I'm a competitive person. I love tuning magic decks. I love interactive games of magic. I love high-level magic. And more than anything, I have a, I have a, I got a goddamn podcast. I love talking about magic. And I like engaging with whoever it is, talking about any level of magic. And sure. that, could be, that could be like good picks in draft or talking about legacy. Legacy is probably my favorite format after Commander. And if I can mix in some legacy into my commander, a la CEDH, I'm all for it. And I don't want to give the the wrong idea about like CCO and hating CEDH and Casuals Unite and jank garbage decks. Like, sure, we do some of those jank garbage decks. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to say that we don't, but that isn't to say that I don't love competitive magic. And you know what? If everybody has that dialogue at the start of the game, hmm. we can still have competitive games. They're just not, air quotes, CEDH competitive decks. Yeah. Right? Like, we can still have a high level of competition and very much want to beat each other. But if we're all just playing garbage, I mean, it's just we're all playing 1 out of 10s instead of 10 out of 10s. Hmm. You know what I mean? If you're all on the same level, the games are going to be competitive. You don't necessarily have to come in with the CEDH I, I I call them net decks. You can't just bring in the Animar deck or the infant the, the Urza deck. guy, the Urza deck, the Thrand, whatever. You can bring in something you built yourself, and it can still be competitive. You just yeah, I have nothing have against. to have to pair it against other decks that are of a similar power level. Yeah, just the only time I have a problem with CEDH is when the CEDH guy comes into my casual meta. And says, oh, yeah, it's whatever. I just built another car way over that's, here. That's what I, exactly. That's that's why we, that's the CEDH that we don't like is guys that come in to slit throats and win at all cost when nothing is on the line. You're yeah. not going to go to Worlds because you trashed a bunch of kids in a store. You're not making it to the Mythic Championship because you shit on some guy that rolled in with his Horde of Notions deck at an EDH&M. Yeah, aren't you building Horde Notions? I sure am. A little bit sour? <laughs> we'll get into that in a, into a bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we will, actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Oh, but the, the point is, like, if you want to bring CDH, there are people out there that will play CDH with you, and I'm happy to do it, yeah, too. Yeah, like, me too, me too. Yeah, Ryan's got a couple of decks. I have a couple of decks. Like, and you know what? If here's the, I'm, I'm going to say it on air just so people know that, like, me, me and Brando are, like, the boys. If you need a CEDH deck... And it's not like a sanctioned thing where I got to like clear my Animar deck through a judge because it's all painted. <laughs> I'll just let you play Zada because you know how to play it. I do. It's like 
goblin pump draw cards tribal and it's got like auxiliary like secondary and auxiliary wins through like infinite combos yeah i played zada for a while i can do it but you can do it you yeah. can do it it's easy enough like i have i have slivers i have stacks i have a stacks deck yeah. that, I, that i take to events in case people are trying to scumbag people that's so excellent because scumbags don't come in expecting stacks yeah, not at casual tables. So when the casual busts out the stacks deck, it's extra good. I feel bad for the two casuals that are sitting there, but that CDH guy is getting shit on. The two normies? Yeah, the t- <laughs> exactly. No, but you're, you're like their champion. I'm trying to keep that shit out of there, and they usually end up killing me, but it's fine. Like I'd rather go down making sure that that jerkbag well, well, doesn't Well, then win. it turns into a political game, and that's why... I mean, that's why all the decks have to be matched accordingly, because then you're not playing magic. You're playing like police and politics where it's like, hey, I'm stacks in combo CEDH guy. So he doesn't kill you as soon as you kill me Two guys playing normal decks. As soon as you kill me, he's going to combo and kill you. So keep me alive. And then it's like you're you're playing Mother May I and you're playing politics. And maybe that's like what you like about Commander. That is certainly part of it, right? Yeah, that is certainly part of it. But um you know what here i think if that's the case and you've got two experienced commander players playing like normal decks i think you're fine if you're sitting down with people that are newer to the format or newer to magic and they see that you playing the stacks deck to hold down the cedh guy they see you as the only threat because you're holding them down even if you're not doing anything to very quickly move yourself towards victory you're stopping somebody else and that's hard to recognize because that's like a layer deeper in the strategy you learn the that strategy with... onion that actually takes me back to what? the story about stacks okay okay and EDH tell me, tell because the two other guys i was playing with and i said oh this is a stacks deck they didn't know what stacks was you say what they they didn't know what stacks was and i've never ex- i've never experienced that like i've been so in let's Magic let's for a okay time, let's let's like... clear it up let's clear it up um stacks is a type of control deck strategy that is aimed at controlling or shutting all decks down and then the stacks deck breaks the symmetry of getting shut down by building in some kind of thing to to not be affected by all lands can't untap yeah, the, but the, then if you play a seedborn muse that's what happened to you yeah you can untap all your own lands every turn and nobody else can untap their lands that's exactly right. So that's Winter right. Orb and Seedborn Muse. So nobody can untap lands. Well, you untap two lands per turn. It's great when everybody has 10 lands, but you only actually have two. Yeah. And then your Seedborn Muse like untaps all your Ravnica Karoos, so you actually have like 15 lands to spend every single turn. Yeah, and in this particular case, the guy had a Marari's Wake and a Seedborn Muse. And the Karoo lands. Yeah, and, and the Karoo lands. So yeah. it, was, it was bad. Yeah. But like... It, so this guy's stacks, and these other two guys didn't know what was up. So, of course, they rightly assessed in this particular case that the stacks guy is the threat. But the stacks was so incensed at the time that there was just no out. Yeah. And I, as the one that had the most opportunity to get us out of that situation. You were playing Lord Windgrace and were drawing a ton of cards through Windgrace. Yeah, I had um, I had Decimate and Windgrace's Judgment and Casualties of War in my hand. I but could, you couldn't untap lands. I couldn't untap enough lands to play them to kill the stacks pieces. And then the Marin guy, who was one of the, the other guys, was just... Which is a deck that's actually good against stacks, because yeah. it doesn't care. It, it doesn't, just wants its creatures to die so we can get them back for free. Exactly. So he was, like, Marin valuing hard. He just couldn't pound through the stacks wall. So as soon as I killed the stacks pieces, this guy's just going to kill me. So it's like, what? Like, I'm in a bad spot. So it's like, yeah. what do I do? So I'm trying to, like, figure out how I kill this asshole that brought stacks to casual <laughs> without getting myself killed because I don't want to throw myself on the sword too much. It, you know what? It does create a, a certain dynamic when one deck is grossly not grossly overpowered but does something that casual decks don't typically do. Yeah. And maybe that is stacks. Maybe that is like infinite combo. Right? It does create some kind of interesting dynamic. Yeah, and, and like all power to the stacks guy. He had like like we already said the crazy mana setup he had. He had yeah. uh Sefi Eric's daughter and uh Sun Titan. Oh yeah. So he could if the Sun Titan got killed or he sacked it to something, he could sack Sefi Eric's daughter to get the Sun Titan back to get the Sefi Eric's daughter back. Oh, I don't mind that. To get and like right? Like it was it was crazy. Like it was 
it was really hard to get through. And the other guy's playing stuff that's shrinking creatures, like the not Marin, not Stacks, not me. This guy's playing stuff that like shrivels <laughs> up creatures to kill them. So oh, I can't man. Avenger of Zendikar the the Stacks guy out. Like it was. I got I got something better for you. This, that that was that was your experience yeah, the, at EDH and M this week. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish the story real quick to let you know how it ended. Okay. Just so is you, it a, is it a positive? You got to spin oh, it around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just so everybody knows what happens when you play stacks against Brando at EDH and M, and then don't kill him for two and a half hours. I ultimated Windgrace, blew up all of his stacks pieces, played Avenger of Zendikar. I got like 32 guys. I had a doubling season at the time. That's why I got 32 guys. So I had 32 guys out. I got 12 cats off of the Avenger of Zendikar. I gen waved for 15. I what's the word? Where you put counters back on stuff. Proliferated my wind grace back up to 13 counters. Did it again on oh. my next turn because I couldn't quite win because there was too much shit and garbage in the way for me to win. So I lord wind graced again, gave them all haste, wiped out the goddamn everybody else except for the stacks guy. I left the stacks guy alive so I could ping him to death by sacking cat tokens to a goblin bombardment until he died. <laughs> and it was beautiful that that does that is poetic it's like the max crandell actually on twitter it had the the gif of it where it was like brian laying on the ground and stewie just punching him in the face oh yeah that's what it was <laughs> yeah and it felt very good very excellent. so let that be a warning to the rest of you i played and this is this is kind of appropriate being that it's the arc of no lists wrap-up show i played plane chase the last two times i was out in the wild fabulous we did it out in the wild playing at edh night episode and we did a plane chase episode so i'm playing plane chase and a patron of the show listener callum rolls on to the place where it's landfall get a zero one goat Ooh. roll the shit get a zero one goat isn't it landfall get three goats roll the shit get one goat isn't that how that plane works um, I remember it being grossly unbalanced. And one you know of them what? Gives you, three I, goats. you know what? I I think that you're right, but we are playing at one goat. I'm sure because we just read it wrong. <laughs> Welcome to Casual EDH, where we don't even read the cards. <laughs> RTFC, baby. <laughs> yeah. So we were getting goats galore because you know sometimes you just can't get off the plane. Oh, that Jesus. was what we covered in the episode, right? Yeah. You just can't get off the plane, so we just couldn't. So everybody's like six goats, eight goats, blah 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 blah, blah right? So I was up to like eight goats and I have a Titania protector of Argoth and a bunch of fetch lands. I'm playing my lands deck so I'm fetch landing every turn and Titania got me one back and I got another one back somehow so I've got all these elementals. Then I go scape shift, sack seven lands, get seven more elementals, get three scry lands, four fetch lands, all goat triggers, sack all my fetch lands, four more goat triggers. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't, I can't win yet. I can't win. So I roll the dice. Well, don't I get off the plane, and don't I go to Morphic Tide. <laughs> oh, baby. So Morphic Tide, for those of you that don't play Plane Chase, is Warp World. Warp World, for those of you that don't like to play cards that are super fun, is a sorcery that takes all your permanents, counts them, shuffles them into your library, then you reveal that many cards off the top, all the permanents go into play. That's right. So everybody does that when you encounter Morphic Tide. And... It happens all at the same time, but then you have to resolve triggers in active player, non-active player order. So Good lord, it's a nightmare. I'm the active player, so in not like internal order, everybody did their thing, and then they're all just doing their shit, and I don't care because I'm just counting. I'm literally counting 58 morphic tide like <laughs> permanent triggers, and so I flip 58 and I hit like 55. Because I'm playing 62 land and then a bunch of creatures and some like stuff that wins me the game. Jesus. So I had 40, 46, 40 landfall triggers because I had 40 lands come into play. And I had tunneling geopede. <laughs> so everybody just took like, no, it was 35 because Callum was at five life and he was at 40 before it happened. Killed everybody, and they're like, okay, in response to landfall, kill your guy. In response to landfall, these are two guys king-making to try and keep Callum alive. And I was like, really? They killed my tunneling GP. I just played my uh, retreat to Hagra, the the other landfall you die card. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crack six more fetch lands. <laughs> you die. <laughs> oh, man, way more EDH than your experience. Yes. 58 morphic tide triggers. You see, I was playing goddamn Legacy, and you were playing EDH. I'm jealous. Yeah, but playing Chase EDH. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. It was it was it was a ton of fun, and I think maybe I'll just put the planes in the in the bag, the magic bag, for the next couple of weeks because it seems to be a little bit of a hit, 
and everybody who's played it over the last couple weeks has really liked it and it keeps things fresh because it's like i know new people are coming to the store all the time now but it keeps things fresh for them because a lot of people have never seen it and i think that that's important we are getting to a point i think that plane chase kind of came out i don't remember like the I'm not a big one on the uh, economy of magic, but yeah. I feel like Plane Chase kind of came out at the beginning of that sort of downturn, right? A little bit. So maybe they're... 2012? Like, yeah, like 10, people, 12? I don't know. People weren't as into it, certainly, as they are now. Well, magic just wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah, How many like, players didn't even play then? Didn't even exist. Yeah. And so lots of them have no idea what Plane <laughs> yeah, Chase they is. They didn't even exist. They hatched out of holes in the ground yeah. like orcs. Now they play magic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's actually real. I'm that sure. is how it works, I'm pretty sure. They come out of the muck in, in the roots of trees. That's where I came from. That's what uh, my parents kept telling me anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so you know what's funny? We we actually have a couple, a couple talking points on sort of that. The game has boomed since then. Ba-boom, ba-boom, boom, boom, ba-boom, yeah, boom, boom. Yeah, and now let's – I've got the calendar up here. May 3rd, we've got uh, War of the Spark. That's a good one. Yep. June 14th, that's five weeks later. June th- 14th, that's Modern Horizons. Good Lord. So five weeks between like a major moment in the story and hype and planeswalkers and oh my God, here's our greatest set ever. One of the biggest hyped sets all in time. In history. All like, time. I don't remember hype for a set like since... There was never hype for a set like that. They had like... Yeah, Magic see- is bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, they and had they like hyped- video hype and they had like... It was the big culmination of their first modern storyline. Yeah, thing. It's you know what? Decade. I feel like there was hype like this when Invasion happened. They did like a separate website for Invasion to like an online like animated web comics that like told the story of Invasion, and it was like epic. And there was music playing on the website. It was cool. And remember, I said that the Invasion story very much feels like. The uh, the War of the Spark story, the portal opens, the army comes through, there's a big bad Nicol Bolas, Yawgmoth-type character, and he's yeah. got his army. Yeah. yeah. So that was a big thing. Five weeks separated war from Modern Horizons. Modern Horizons, another big-time set. Very much so. Lots of people pumped about that one, Lots too. Lots of people pumped. The art cards. Uh, we'll maybe talk about those later. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, new cards, Urza, Yawgmoth, blah, blah, blah. Bears. Y- yeah. The, the, all the great lands. Yeah, there's some good lines. There's lots of cool stuff. Slivers came back Yeah, again. oh yeah, that was another thing. So five weeks, that's the point, five weeks. In between Modern Horizons and M20, which were less than one month apart. Good God. Less than one month between those two major sets was Gideon's Spellbook that I'm sure everybody just didn't even know existed because we're so rock hard for everything else that's happened so far this spring summer, right? I honestly would have forgotten all about it if uh, Angel Guy had not bought them at EDH&M and opened them when I was there. Yeah, I would have I forgotten it existed entirely. Yeah, you know what? There were some cool arts and some cool foils, and, I mean, kudos on them. Like, they killed Gideon in War, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then they Iron gave Man him, like... dies in Avengers 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Get there. I wasn't going to see it anyways. They gave him, like, a cool rest in peace card. Everybody thought we're going back to Theros, and then, and then they spring C20 on us, or M20... Then there's Commander 19, but, like, before Commander 19 comes out, they spring all these new types of, like, magic packs on us and Throne of Eldraine, because we're not going to Theros, we're going to Eldraine. And I'm pumped about that, man. I'm, I'm excited for this next set. I, I'm, I'm excited, but you know what we have before the September set? What's that? The or, or October, whenever it's supposed to be released. We have C19 still. We yeah. still have that. There's another set coming out. Yeah, and it's like, that set is specifically for us, but I feel like... Modern Horizons was also, sp- and M20 were also specifically for us, and so was War of the Spark. And I know that those came in packs and they were draftable, and, and the experience was for all of Magic players, and EDH is just being catered to more. As an enfranchised player, how do you feel? What do you, how do you feel about this? I'm burned out as hell. We already talked about how I can't update my decks fast enough. That's right. Um, both because I have no money. And because, like, there's there's too much stuff coming out. Like, I wanted to update my stuff after uh, Modern Horizons came out. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do this. But all the spoilers for M20 had already started by the time my order came in. So it's like, well, okay, I'll just wait. And all the lands in Modern Horizons are, like, 20 bucks plus. Yeah, until I'll wait until M20 comes out, and then I'll do it. Now M20 is out, and I'm like, well, 
fuck. I guess I'll just wait until I'll, Commander I, I'll comes I'll just out. see what's in Commander. Maybe maybe they'll do a Prismatic Vista in every Commander deck. Yeah, and I won't have to go out and pay $9 million for them. Oh, yeah. Shout out to our YouTube content. We did we went uh, deep on Prismatic Vista in our next Canon Cookout video. Yeah, we did. It's up and ready. Uh, I'm supposed to be uploading it right now. I just remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, but so I, for me, I think it's I'm a little bit fatigued out. Like I'm I'm really tired of spoilers. And I'm 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 sick of like here's another twenty dollar piece of goddamn cardboard I need three of like I'm <laughs> yeah that's right. I'm just I'm tired of it and for me just just me personally I got Commander coming up I gotta buy yep there's a video game thing coming out that I want that's another hundred bucks your all your there's, Vegas stuff yeah, Vegas is here like I have so many expenses in September I might have to sell the car. Just like for gaming purposes, just to afford my hobbies. They're they're preying on us, hey. The, the, you know, me and F. U. Smitty talked about this. I I talked about this on on Commander Ad Populum as well. The uh, the the nature of of gaming and the fear of missing out on stuff, right? Where they're like, you got to play MTG Arena so often, so you like don't miss out on experience to level up, right? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, you you got to buy all our products; they're all coming out really fast, so we can like make a push for the second quarter of the year to get our numbers back up, right? M- mind you, Wizards is like and Hasbro has posted their best earnings in the first quarter yeah, of 2019 Hasbro ever, is destroying. Right? And the, and yeah. they specifically said that Magic the Gathering, a subsidiary of Wizards of the Coast that Hasbro owns, is solely responsible for. Hasbro's inflated numbers in first quarter of 2019. That is huge news that a company worth whatever number of billions of dollars. Of dollars yeah. um, I looked it up what Hasbro's market value is. I don't remember what it is. It's some numbers of billions. And for a company that big to recognize a subsidiary of their subsidiary as almost being solely responsible, like th- there's nothing but good things to say about what Magic's doing. What I would appreciate personally, if we go all the way back down to the little micro, minute, nano consumer, me, us, what if they took all these sets and they moved that Commander product back to Christmas, right? So it's not one more thing we have to buy in the summer. It was the best Christmas gift. I agree. Like, like if if you knew somebody who played Magic, chances are at this point in history, that Magic consumer also plays Commander. And they would appreciate the Commander product as a Christmas gift, even one deck, because they're fifty bucks. Yeah, they, right. Yeah, and they're they're a great gift. And if they didn't play Commander, maybe this gets them to start playing Commander. Right? I don't think Wizards is as effective. And uh, they put the Commander product at the Vegas uh, Magic Fest because there's a Commander celebration. I recognize that marketing strategy. I do. Um, but I don't think that it's going to be as effective for people who aren't going to Vegas, which is like 99.99 repeating percent of Magic players globally. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be as effective as putting it at Christmas if you're trying to recruit new Commander players. Because everybody who's going to Vegas is going to buy it. And Commander players are going to buy it. But anybody who doesn't play Commander that would get that gift for Christmas is no longer going to get that gift for Christmas. Yeah. And Christmas is a huge boost in sales that's like huge companies use christmas and black friday in their fourth quarter to boost sales like that's just not going to be a thing anymore so what are they going to do now brawl packs hold on before you get to brawl because i'm sure you're just going to be angry (laughs) (laughs) me i'm never angry i'm happy all the time i'm giving them the look giving them (laughs) he is giving me the look before we get to brawl i just want to end i want to end that whole bit on a positive thing I love all the new content. We are in franchise players. Mm-hmm. We do. We are in the deep end of Magic. We yep. don't. We don't look at Magic cards once a week. We. I mean, we have a podcast. We look at spoilers. We are preparing and thinking and engaging with the community and and ourselves, even just you and I personally, every day because we love Magic. Yeah. And I love all the money that Hasbro's making from this because it only makes Magic better. I love that the game is booming because there's only more people to play with. I just wish it was spread out. You know what I mean? Like, just give me, just give me a steady hit of magic all year instead of giving me a high in the summer. Like, I'm already busy in the summer. I'm already spending like hundreds and thousands of dollars on my yard and trees because yeah, we've got lots. My of wife stuff wants to live on a golf course that looks like Hobbiton. Like, <laughs> I got lots going on. You know what I mean? Just give me that steady hit. Keep me, 
just keep me buzzing on magic the whole year instead of just getting me hammered in July. Yeah, keep me interested. Don't like just fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thing. Um d- don't insert subtle drug reference. I guess I already did. Yeah. Brawl, go ahead. Brawl. Okay. And I don't think this is necessarily a negative, but it is a worry that I have. Uh. Because when companies get an idea in their head, and I know this because I'm a wrestling fan, and I've been watching wrestling for the last two-ish years, and if you're a wrestling fan, you know what I'm talking about. Wait, two-ish years? Well, no, no, just the last two-ish years are the specific thing where they get an idea in their head, and they just go with it. And it doesn't matter how much people hate it, how much people don't want it, they're going to give it to you, and that's all you're going to get. Because some portion is... Some some minority portion is giving them a significant amount of money. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Okay. But with wizards, they're they want brawl. They want it, and they're pushing it really hard. And just I'm I worry that with the brawl precons, the brawl packs, the brawl special, brawl focused things, it might take away from some of the new commander stuff. And these fears will probably be dissuaded once the new commander spoilers start coming out. Yeah, well, and, but, and remember, you can use brawl commanders in regular yeah, commander. But just based on the brawl stuff that I've seen, I think that maybe they're pushing brawl more than I would like because I don't want to buy brawl stuff. I don't want to buy that brawl pack to get that mana rock that, like, the oh, two yeah, mana... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that mana I don't want to buy that from that pack because I don't want wizards to look at the money that they made off of their brawl stuff and say people love brawl let's keep printing it because I'm sick of getting fucking five color commanders in every set I'm sick of all of this pushed brawl shit I'm sick of it I'm tired of it I don't want commander to arbitrarily turn into brawl because they're printing so many good cards to try and push brawl that commander just becomes brawl because all of the best cards are in standard you said you weren't going to get mad I lied. I'm a dirty liar. I'm just I'm worried about that. That's a real fear that I have because I think that Commander's in the best place it's been since it's it's come out. Since ever. Since ever, I think that we have a great format here. I think we have a great community here. And I think while the barrier to entry monetarily is still pretty high to get to a certain tier, I think that you can still just go out and play. But I think that if Brawl gets too pushed and there's no MSRP and all this other shit, you're gonna see these really high priced decks with really high priced cards that just make it more difficult for people to play and I don't want that. I don't care if they're available if they're still too expensive to buy it still makes it hard for people to come to EDH and play Magic with us. I'll, I'll devil's advocate you. I don't think that I don't think that the Brawl decks are going to be expensive. I and I, they, they, Nothing has MSRPs, you're right. I don't think that they're going to be hard to obtain, which is going to make them not very expensive. I think... If they don't continuously, um, what's that new five color, your commander's color identity talisman or signet? What is it called? I don't remember. Whatever. It, it's two mana, tap it to give you a mana of any color in your commander's color identity. It's in every brawl pack. Based it's in on every the brawl pack. It's essentially the, can we call it the soul ring of brawl? Brawl ring? Oh, I hope nobody's ever thought of that, but I'm sure somebody has, but oh, you just blew my mind. <laughs> the brawl ring. Okay, so brawl ring. I think if that isn't a continuous thing in every brawl deck from years to, for years to come, if that's what direction they decide to go, probably based on brawl deck sales, sure. brawl popularity, I think that that card's going to get expensive, and that a little bit hurts me. Look at... Uh, Thought Vessel? Thought Vessel was like in Commander 2015, two-drop mana rock, same like Brawl Ring, no max hand size. That card's like 10 bucks or 12 bucks or something now because it was only ever in one Commander product. Look at Sol Ring. It's in every Commander product, and it's still 5 bucks. Yeah, and that's a product of the popularity of Commander, and I think that from a high-level perspective, I think that Brawl is used to introduce people to Commander. Again, you, you want to introduce people to Commander because you do have a product specifically for Commander in addition to your standard products that you're going to introduce, your standard product purchasers that you're going to introduce to Commander through Brawl. So if you have people that are just showing up playing FNM Standard or Drafting and they're like, oh, I want to buy this Brawl deck because it's got this interesting legendary creature I want to play. You're going to hook them into Commander because Commander's better, <laughs> right? And then you've got another product for them to buy in the Commander precons. Like, it's very smart when one product leads into the next one, leads into the next one um, in a way that doesn't force you to buy them but makes you want to buy them, right? If, if 
if in standard I have to buy a brawl deck and then I have to buy a commander deck to play something in standard, that's not okay. That isn't a good strategy. But if standard makes me want to play brawl and then brawl makes me want to play commander, that is good, creative, smart marketing, I think. But nobody wants to play brawl. I think they're trying to suck people no, from nobody commander that you, into brawl. Nobody that you know wants to play brawl. I guess. Tons of people want to play brawl. They do exist. Where? Um, I don't know. Not very many people that I know want to play brawl. If you're in the nation and you like brawl, let us know. Also, if you're in the Discord and you want a brawl channel, let us know that too. Yeah, I won't be if, in it, but I, 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 I'll, I'll frequent it. I am interested. I'm casually interested, and again, not to play, just like Oathbreaker. I'm interested in the theory behind it. I'm interested in the theory and the discussion behind Legacy, like I am Oathbreaker. Um, but Commander is where my heart is. Yeah. It, it's creative and it's fun, and again, it's probably only good for the game, but I just want them to be careful. Like moving the Commander product from August back to November, I want them to move Brawl Ring to the Commander product so it's not a 12 or $15 card like Thought Vessel. Just like I want them to move Prismatic Vista, PV we call it, yep. from Modern Horizons 1 to the Commander product. Everybody consumes a Commander product if you play Commander. Just put the cards we want there because then we'll buy sealed product and you don't have to rely on all the giant online secondary market retailers to move packs. Like, we'll move packs for you, Wizard. You just got to put the cards we want in the right spot. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's some of the reason that, you know, the pimp packs or the brawl packs, I think that's why you don't like them because they don't have the cards that, that are specifically targeted for you. And I, I hate to fall back on the, well, it's just not for you thing, but... I think but they are targeted for me, and I do want them, and I want them in my damn commander product. I don't want this brawl yeah. shit because I don't want them to well, think that's what that I, mean. I want the brawl. Br I don't want brawl. Brawl isn't for you because yeah. you don't play standard. If you played standard, brawl would be for you because you already have all the cards to make a brawl deck, right? Just some of the pro some of the cards in the product are for you, like brawl ring. Just like you don't draft modern horizons, but you want prismatic vistas. Yeah. Right. So put them in the put them in the the sealed product that commander players want, and more people will buy them. Then you won't run into the C eighteen suck. There was no value in it. Problem again. Right. Yeah. You don't have MSRP on anything. Like, just put the high value cards that commander players want in the commander products every year. And if re like if retail stores sell them for too much, nobody will fucking buy them, and then they'll have to reload like lower their price because there's no MSRP. Like we control the market. We do. Yeah. And capitalism. And if if they do move at this high market price when there's no MSRP, then like store owners and distributors and wizards will just like make more of them and stores will get more and then everybody who's got them won't buy them and everybody who didn't want them at that price won't buy them so the price will go down. Like this is how the economy works in an unregulated market people like the expensive people will buy them first and then if they get more then it'll drive the price down. Like I I don't know, I just we're a little bit off topic. Way off topic. <laughs> well, is there anything else you wanted to cover in our catch-all show? Catch-all cookout podcast? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Do we want to talk about pimp packs real fast? And then we'll get into our new giveaway. Oh, the giveaway! Pimp packs. Yeah, we Throne had a Drain. Pimp. We had a poll on the Facebook page. Um, I called you out on it totally. You, you did? And I'm going to address it here on the show, the Foil Alara Packs that you yes. made reference to on the Facebook page. I loved that product. That was probably one of my favorite things that Wizards ever did. 100% all foil all the time, three different, like a whole, like it, three sets from the whole block in one pack. One booster pack of Shards of Alara blocks. So you yeah. could get Shards, Conflux, or Alara Reborn foils in one pack. And all of the same... Um, instances of cards right 10 commons three uncommons a, f a rare and a land there was no bullshit special cards in there that you could only get in those packs they were 15 bucks at the time i loved those and i, I think that's what your hang up is about 15 dollar alara packs as per msrp versus 50 or 60 dollar pimp packs i don't think they'll be that much i i, I they a, can't be they could be because it's 40 in american and usually stuff. So. They won't be that much. Weren't they? No. Okay, that's the number that I've seen floating around. Um, they they come in a box, and the box is going to be probably the same price as buying 
two regular boxes. Yeah. So like you get 12 pimp packs in a box. And if you get 12 pimp packs in a box for the same price as two regular boxes, like there's math there that says like the pimp packs can only be so high before it's like not good value anymore. So probably we're going to end up paying between 30 to 35 Canadian for one of them. So much. It is a ton. You get all foil. You get three foil rares or mythics. You get special printing only in the pimp pack cards. So like collectors are going to want those. Yeah, they have the, that's where they put the lottery cards now, right? Yeah. The full arts or the mythic planeswalkers with extended art, like, um, like the box topper art yeah. style. And then everything else in the pack is going to be foil. So, I mean, open flippy is going to be amazing with these. Yeah. Those are going to be sleep overnights for sure. <laughs> right? That's going to be a yeah, video and a YouTube half, channel one. watchers know what we're talking about there for sure. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the price point. The price point is just such a big stick. And it, there is a check on the price point, though, with the amount of cards that you get in a box versus a regular box. And yeah. the price of a regular box, which is very established online or at local stores. Like, you know what you're getting when you go in and buy a box, right? And I guess it kind of depends what else is going to be in there, too, because what if the EV is super high and like, oh, well, you could open a foil Mox Diamond. Oh, I know that's not a thing. But yeah, like, yeah, I was going to say, well, I don't know about that card. But, like, it's a thing where it's like there maybe there's stuff in there that's just worth so much money that the possibility of getting one is like... That's yeah. why a Mercadian Masks pack is worth 25 bucks Because you get a, a port. Because... Yeah, you're not going to open a port. When you open that pack, it's not worth $25 yeah, 100, ever. 112 rares in that set. <laughs> yeah, like you're not going to get the port. I'm sorry you, to crush your dreams, but. You know what? I You know what I like? It, you know what I like the notion of is what if Throne of Eldraine is one of those sets that they use to calm down standard a little bit? Oh, that'd be so amazing. Right? Like Masks was post Urza block or like. Kamigawa was post uh, Mirrodin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What if it's like that and the the expected value of a pack is low or like Dragon's Maze? Like, I don't think that it's going to be as bad as any of those. But what if there is a little bit of a lull in the power creep, power creep, the price of cards, playability in eternal formats as a means to test the waters and move the pimp packs, right? Maybe that'd be cool. I don't know. Like I'd be down. Like I'm that, down that, to that, try it out. I just again, it's another fear. There's with all these, all these sets and fucking products and shit. I'm like, oh man. I know you're you're attacking it from a negative angle. Yeah. Here's here's I'm, what I, I am think. excited to see them. Like I'm pumped to open them on the oh, channel, dude. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Eldraine. Like I'm, it's up at eleven, but I'm I'm uh, until I see those commander spoilers up at eleven. I'm all the way up to twelve, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, I just imagine what that looks like. Eleven's <laughs> as high as I go. I don't go any higher than that. <laughs> Um, within reason, okay, there's no MSRP. Within reason, wizards can strategically and creatively build a product and put them into packs in such a way that it can control the price. It can. And if they can strategically do that with these pimp packs... So it doesn't feel like dud packs. Yeah, and I mean... I think that's the strategy is, well, you could get a dud pack. You could get a dud pack. And I don't think, like, if stores have to pay... If stores have to pay, I don't know what the what the math is, but if they have to pay 25% more for a pack of, like, a pimp pack versus a regular pack, but they can sell it for 100% more, like, that's only 75% more product for the store. Like, that's only good for the store, right? Yeah. So it would be in Wizards' interest to make them really good, so stores buy them. If you want to see dud packs, I just thought of this. Okay. Go to our YouTube channel, oh, CCO dude. Podcast. Watch our last two videos. The last couple of packs we've opened have been garbage we it's like opening our... a flattened piece of shit out of a piece of cellophane paper yeah we got our cracks packed yeah when we cracked packs it was tragic tragic holy crap speaking of youtube videos we've got some winners to announce we based do. on comments that they've made on some of our content hell yeah there we go dude yeah, let's let's get back to a positive. Yeah, it was the like buttons move creep. That's from RoboCop. <laughs> I've got some winners written down here. Who do we got? Well, the first thing we're giving away, $25 in store credit to one lucky commenter on an episode of Commander Cookout Podcast on face2facegames.com. The winner of said $25 gift credit, you have to tell us what your email is so they can credit your account. Correct. 
Aaron McKinnon. Hell yeah. Aaron is the winner. He gets $25 to spend. And just shoot us an email, commandercookout at gmail.com, or um, send us a message and we'll get at you on Twitter, at CCO Podcast, at CCO Brando. Correct. You can get in touch with us anyway like that. For a full list of all of that stuff, check out the show notes down below or check out our official, official home on the entire internet, commandercookout.com. Got there. Deck giveaway for Ark of No Lists. Cast deck. If you've noticed, there's been no deck text this month. Yeah. This arc, I guess. It's kind of crossed over two months. We did deck text next arc. Yeah, we're going to. I can guarantee. We're going to tech some decks. Tech some decks. And if you want to tech a Kess deck of your own, your name has to be David Hodge. I love that air horn. Yeah, David Hodge, you are the winner. Get at us, commandercookout at gmail.com. Get us your deets, and we will send you a Kess deck yes and if you're in canada remember you can at your request have a hot dog in the package with the cast deck so that when the foil kind of curls up you can put the hot dog in the bun I, can i send just like an open wiener in the mail as long as it's within canada we can do whatever we want Neat. hey people want nicknames people want to play against norin people want to play stacks against me People want all kinds of crazy shit. People don't know what they want. Maybe they want hot dogs in the mail. Maybe they do. David Hodge, if you're a cam girl and I send you a hot dog, you you have to use it on air. In the cast deck bun. In yes. the cast bun. Yes. Yeah. It's like a loading ramp. Use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the giveaways. We are happy to give away to YouTube commenters or face-to-facegames.com commenters. Anybody who listens to the show and wants to... Be a part of CCO Nation. We Very much so. Love giving back. And speaking of giveaways and, and prizes, we do have some new patron sign-up gifts to give away next arc. We're switching it up from the summer-themed token altars to something else that you can maybe play with. They'll be signed. They'll be altered if that's what you so choose. You can let us know if you want um, funny Sharpie altars on our next giveaway. Without even knowing what it is, you tell us if you want funny Sharpie altars on these. Ooh. Ooh, do yeah. I get to draw some of them too? Yeah. Hell yeah, I In do. In gold, silver, or black. Ooh. Whatever your preference. Options. Yeah. I love options. So we're going to tease on that. We've got deck techs for next week leading up to Vegas. Vegas is coming up? Uh, next next week we start leading up to Vegas all month throughout August. Yes. And I'm sure that we're going to have to like double up one weekend. So we have a an episode to launch. We've got a, a Commander set review coming up in the next arc. Yeah. Another product review. Who'd have thunk, hey? <laughs> So I just want to tease a little bit without giving it away because um, we've got some decks I'm excited about. We already have them sort of planned. As, as much as we plan, right? Yeah, as much as we plan anything in advance, it's going to be good. We've got a good patron sign-up, patreon.com slash podcast if you're into gifts for pledging and some new rewards to unveil with the new arc next week as well. So frequent... Either the show notes at commandercookout.com or the Patreon page for new rewards being unveiled. Yeah, man. Uh, so I guess that'll be... Is that it? I think that's it. We've got one more thing, actually. Oh, what's the We're thing? doing the Vegas Rotisserie Draft. Oh, yeah. We forgot to we forgot to hype that. I'm doing Horde of Notions and my deck's already blown out. Who, who, okay, so the Vegas Rotisserie Draft is a online draft that Brando and I are participating in it's- as individuals. And there are other content creators and other members of the Commander community. So I'm sure you'll hear all about it on Commander Social. They're another Commander podcast. Check them out if you're interested because I'm going to let them do some more of the heavy lifting on the explanation of it. We do have an extra life link that'll be in the show notes below. And also we're probably going to throw it out on Twitter a couple extra times. And you can donate to help the Children's Hospital of Houston. I thought it was the Children's Hospitals of North America. The Commander Social guys live in Houston. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay, it's The sure. Children's Hospital. So help some sick kids. Uh, help us, your boys in Commander Cookout, stomp wholesale ass in Vegas. Yeah, and specifically, without going into too many details, the more pledges we get that we can donate as Ryan and Brando from CCO Podcast, the more budget we get to draft with so we can stomp other creators like the Commander Social guys, F them, F Dana Roach and Max Crandell from CMDR yeah, Central. especially Max Crandell. There's some patrons that are participating, F those guys too, especially them. Yep. And 
who who the three guys you you drafted? Your commanders. The commanders I drafted are Horde of Notions, Omnath, Locus of Rage, and Maelstrom Wanderer. Yeah, so those are the cards that you're drafting a deck to try and build. Yep. Any one or more of those. I did Ho Daddy, Hogak. <laughs> I did Animar just in case I needed to stomp even more badly. And then Azuri Renegade Leader. Just because I'm going to have mana dorks anyways, I might as well beat ass with them. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to Commander Social. They'll give you a little bit more details than us. We just want to throw that out there and say thank you to anybody who's already pledged to yeah. us. If you want to follow along with our progress, I, I forget how the thing works. I don't even know if it's still going to be going when the show comes out, but follow along on Twitter. You can check out the, the progress oh, yeah. of our draft, and you can laugh at how bad I am at it and how much Ryan's blowing out the budget. So oh yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. But... Uh, that's that. So check that out. Thank you all for being here. Uh, it was another good arc. We're going to be back with some more deck techs next week. We want to thank our official sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com. They are Canada's biggest magic store. And we'll be back with you next week for a new arc of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!